This episode of The Citadel Cafe is brought to you by listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe to find out how you can become a patron and help make this show possible. This is the Citadel Cafe, episode number 411 for Wednesday, August 4th, 2021. My name is Joel Duggan, and the Citadel Cafe is where my friends and I hang out to talk about the geeky stuff that we are into. Joining me this week, Stephen ESE is back, and that's Stephen ESE with a PH, in case you're wondering, on all the social media that matters. Hello, sir. Hey, Joel. How's it going? It is August. What happened? <laughs> I know. I feel like it was just like a heavy blink. And July just right? flew by. Yeah, you're right. Heavy blink. That thing that you do at, when you wake up in the morning at like 6.45 and you blink and it's 8.15. You're like, what just happened? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> what just happened? I'm that was July. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I am disappointed in myself and have to confess that I have not been for a hike yet this summer. Hmm. I just haven't had the time. I work weekends. Like I, I stream on weekends and I just haven't had the opportunity to go and take a day off during the week. I will count my blessings, you know, working from home and being self-employed. Like if you're that busy, that's a good thing usually. Um, but, but yeah, I'm really kind of kicking myself because it, it really, it should have been the first thing I started doing, you know, especially with, you know, restrictions being a little bit easier and being able to leave the County and, and move around the province a little bit more, uh, at the end of June, I really should have taken more time, uh, in July. Uh, but, Speaking of the shift in the month, it is the first of the month, which means that I want to give a shout out to all of the patrons that support the Citadel Cafe. Uh, I get paid. We get paid on the first of the month. And it's because of you that we can keep on doing the show. So uh, we're fully listener supported. It's a huge reason that that the show is, has been going on for nearly 10 years now. So a huge thank you to everybody that supports the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. If you want to become a member, if you want to get the extra uh, content, then uh, check out patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. There's a number of different tiers uh, and those include some extra bonus audio. Uh, last week, Alistair and I ended up talking for an extra half an hour, I think, about Minecraft and his arcade setup uh, at home. Nice. Which is really cool. So that was a fun conversation to have. Yeah. I don't have a lot going on. What's what's new with you, man? I recently got a new car. So it's <laughs> it's a pretty big deal because we've uh, our car before that was a 2008 Mazda 5 that we bought in 2010 so it's wow yeah I know it's a, a well-loved it was a well-loved vehicle and my my brother who's a mechanic sort of kept that thing alive for quite a while like yeah we're, we're grateful so it saved us a lot of dollars keeping that thing running but the, during this year's safety inspection he uh, found a hole rusting in the frame and said yeah it's it's time bro we have to mm -hmm. time to put it down <laughs> so um yeah it's, it's too bad though because we really like the size of the Mazda 5 it really fit sort of our family and our lifestyle well. We live in an old part of the city. Um, I guess for people who who know Halifax, it's further down towards the mouth of the harbor. And it was actually, the deed says the same year as the Halifax explosions on it. So I don't know whether that's actually, like if it was built or like if, if it was registered to be built just after the explosion or if it was built that year and then survived it. I'm not sure, but... And it's it's from the period of time when all of the the drives driveways were really narrow because people really didn't have 
vehicles or it wasn't that common of a thing so mm. the mazda 5 fit in there really well in the new vehicle we were looking for something that had similar dimensions my wife's not a a huge human she likes to say she has inner hugeness so <laughs> she likes to have a vehicle that sort of gets her up higher on the road than your average car so in the right. mazda 5 was it was almost like a mini minivan so it, it did get get her up higher and it was so higher than your average car we liked the fact that all of the seats folded down and made trips to ikea uh, a lot easier it had sliding doors in the back which is what made it more like a minivan and that was amazing for a young family so we were able to get into the narrow parking space the narrow, narrow driveway and not have to worry about our kids digging the door off our house and the neighbor's house so that was amazing we probably would have gotten another one if we could have gotten one in an all-wheel drive so our house is on a bit of a hill as well and in in the winter time it's actually impossible for us to get up sometimes or it was impossible for us to get up sometimes with that car so we had there's thankfully a a long way around we could use but it was such a pain so um so yeah unfortunately we had to start looking and then we would have loved to have had an SUV, but that was a little out of our price range. And we checked the usual brands that we were used to, like, you know, the Hondas, Toyota, Mazda, Chev, all of, all of those that we're used to. And then I, I can't even, I was trying to remember for this podcast why Subaru popped in my head, but I was just, maybe like my man, one of my managers has a Subaru. And I thought, oh, you know, I, I respect his opinion on stuff. So maybe I'll, I'll check it out. And then, Lo and behold, we found one that's uh, considered a subcompact and like dimension wise, it's almost identical. Like width wise, I think it's off by two centimeters. Length wise, it's off by, I'm not even sure if it's five centimeters. And so, and it's, it's meant to be an off-road vehicle to a degree. So it, it's higher up off the ground. So it sort of satisfied, you know, getting my wife up higher above the road, uh, just for comfort of driving. And then, and then it was an all wheel drive. So like, fitter price range all-wheel drive fit the driveway like all the boxes checked man it was it was crazy nice and uh yeah even on consumer reports it, it had the top of its class for consumer reports like above the um toyota honda chev mazda equivalents and it had like as good as you can get in terms of safety score right across the board so it's uh so we are now the proud owners or i guess technically proud leasers of a red Subaru Crosstrek, and it is awesome. I love it. I am <laughs> totally smitten with that vehicle. It's a slick looking car. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. And the red one is a nice, like the like the dark grill on the front, like the black, the black grill. Uh, very, very cool. And it's one of those things that are on the website. You can tell that they've got the same, like probably 3D model rendered over and over again for all, all of the colors. And it just has the color applied to it. So we weren't really sure we had the pr printed brochure as well we went in to do a test drive and then so we had the printed brochure and looking at the pictures on the website we couldn't really tell you know what shade of red it was going to be right. um so it's, it's brighter than i thought it was going to be but it's it's nice it looks really good and so there, there's two colors actually we had it down to um one's called um what is it cool khaki gray which is like almost like a slightly dull baby blue it looked really cool on the car yeah and then and then this red one and, and basically, we thought, all right, they told us it's going to be six to eight weeks potentially to get it in because there's the uh, semiconductor shortage across the world, mm -hmm. thanks COVID. And um, so we thought, you know, we have it narrowed down to these two. And then we went in for a second test drive. And they said, uh, it actually looks like we've got a red one on the lot with no one's names attached to it. 
And I think I literally said, attach my name to it, please. Like, put our name on that card. We would like to have that. <laughs> so, yeah, nice. Yeah, we signed, signed the paperwork and yeah, we've had it uh, three weeks today. That's great, man. Yeah, very happy with it. Don't you just love it when big decisions like that come together so serendipitously like just you were not looking for a subaru but that's just kind of where you ended up and it ends up being like the perfect thing the perfect replacement for your old mazda and just just the way the things lined up as well we we knew that mazda 5 was going to die at some point we were just you know forever grateful thank you brother for uh, keeping that thing as alive as long as he did but then just to have it die find the subaru yeah, I mean, I could I could go on and on, but just like even the financial things, I don't want to get into the details about it, but it was just like finances fell into place. Then they had the red one on the lot and then and then we were driving it away. It was crazy. Uh, did you say what year it was? Is it a brand new one? Yeah, 2021. Nice. Yeah, so we went from a 2008 <laughs> to a 2021. Wow, yeah. I bet you that's got some bells and whistles on it. You're like, what does this does. even do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A screen for backing up? Shut up. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my dad's Kia is uh, a higher vehicle. So I understand, even as a tall person, I just like being up higher. You can see so much better when you're driving. And, and mm -hmm. it's not like an a SUV or anything like that, but it's more of like a bench seating. It's not like you sit down in it like a car, you know? Um, and I mean, you're, you're, you and I, you're a little bit shorter than me, but you're not a short person. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like captain average in terms of, <laughs> well, like, I mean, you know, I go and it's, it's, it's great because they make a lot of things for my size, but that it's also a drag because if I want to go buy shoes, guess which size is sold out first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I know you're the opposite scale of that where the shoes that you want, you usually have to. Oh, special order. Yeah. Custom order. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's an online thing, which is a, not my favorite way to buy footwear. Um, yeah. The hardest thing for me with uh, being tall and having big feet is, is like dress shoes. There's enough big athletes mm. out there that I can find sneakers, no problem. Whether it's right. cross trainers, you know, running shoes, doesn't really matter. But it comes to like when I want like a pair of leather dress shoes or something like that, then then I have some real, real things. And actually, um, hiking boots are the other thing. Hiking boots, they for whatever reason, they don't think any hiker has got wide, flat feet. They just don't mm. think that's a thing. So finding hiking boots are... Well, I shouldn't say... It is a problem. It was a problem because when I was looking, those that I could find that would potentially be in my side were well outside of my price range. Um, but right. now I feel like I could probably invest in something um, a little bit better and probably a good time to do it, you know, going into fall because I I also, I, I don't necessarily want big hiking boots on when I'm running, when I'm um, hiking in the summer. I want something that I, is going to be a bit better for fall. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a pain in the butt when you've got, when you're tall and have just wide shoulders and big feet and it just, it can be kind of tricky to, to pick stuff up. Um, yeah. Speaking of, of new stuff, it is not as cool as a new car, but I am finally looking to replace my living room couch, which is where I sit when I play Forza Horizon 4. So not that different from buying a new car, I guess. No, uh, actually, we bought one not too long ago and I'm not trying to take over the conversation on couches. I just wanted to say it was actually kind of exciting. Yeah, so like yeah, yeah. The idea of getting a new couch, it's it's a it's a big deal. It's going to be a fixture for a while. I have had this so long, I don't remember how old it is. <laughs> like it's, it's, and it needs to go. It's, 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 it's got to the point where it is no longer comfortable. 
and it is not mm. a very breathable material. And so I find myself right. sitting on it and just being like hot and not wanting to be there. Like I'll sit on the floor and lean up against it a lot before I will actually sit on it. And um, that's a little bit problematic because that puts me like a foot and a half closer to the TV, which is a lot bigger than it used to be. And so now I'm like, <laughs> dude, the floor is too close. Like I, <laughs> I need to sit up on the couch. So uh, I'm looking actually at picking something up from Ikea. Uh, uh, for those that are Ikea nerds out there, I'm looking at the Kivik as my number one and the Morabo as my number two. Uh, I have a limited uh, spec though, because my gosh, every couch that Ikea makes is freaking ginormous. Like these, I, I thought, you know, I was like, well, I wonder if I can find a couch big <laughs> enough. Oh yeah, no, I have two options because those are the only ones that are small enough to fit in the area that I have it. And the way that my living room is laid out, I have a patio door that swings inward. So I can't have the couch any closer to that. Otherwise, it will impede that door. Right. And then I have to walk. The through fare through my living room is on the other side. So I've got about 90 inches, give or take a squeeze. So if it's something like 92, I can maybe swing it. Uh, so I don't know. I'm going to have to do some measuring, maybe put some tape on the floor or something like that once I figure things out. Um, the other thing that I find really trouble troubling with trying to buy new couches is that so many of them are like, these really deep couches where like you sit on them and you're like lying down when you're with your feet are on the floor. I just don't like the seat depth in a lot of them. So I don't know how I'm going to get around that. I might have to get some big throw pillows or something because no, nothing, nothing anywhere is like less than something like 24 or 25 inches. And as, uh, as tall as I am, I actually don't have very long legs. So I would prefer <laughs> more of an upright couch, but um, I also want to have something that I can might be able to put something like remote controllers and stuff like that on the arms. So I like flat arms, not poofy arms. Oh, okay. Yeah. So these, these two couches are kind of, um, cool. And, and I was surprised actually. I thought that, you know, the last time I did anything in the living room, p picking something up, it was quite an expense and, uh, these are quite affordable. I was surprised. So, um, I'm looking forward to popping over and maybe even seeing them in person now that that's something that's possible. So, um, so yeah, it's, again, it's weird how you get excited about that kind of stuff when you're an adult. Um, but yeah. it is like, it is, <laughs> it is facing my, my TV and my Xbox and stuff. And, uh, so I'm investing a little bit more in, in the home, um, weirdly thinking ahead to like, you know, fall and winter in Canada. And, you know, last year I, yeah. I invested in the TV and, and the Xbox, uh, series X, which I've got some more to talk about later, but, um, this year, I think it's going to be, it's probably going to be the couch, but it's, it's something that I, I do tend to like fuss over if that's weird to oh, say, yeah. like it's just no, it's... something you really want to make sure you get it right. Because on one hand, yes, it's also, it's an expensive purchase, but like, it's also a huge piece of furniture that is going to be a pain in the ass to return if something is not right with it, or if you don't like it or whatever, like it's, it's, it's a huge problem. Yeah, especially since being IKEA, there's probably going to be a component of it or components of it you have to put together. So returning it might involve taking things apart and putting it back in the box, and that may not be the easiest thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I've thought about all that, and thankfully there's an IKEA here locally that I can actually go and potentially see one either put together or you know see at least what it looks like, if not be able to sit mm -hmm. on. I'm not sure what the regulations are for that kind of thing, but with COVID, but I will at least be able to go have eyes on and maybe even see if it's it's comfortable the the upland doesn't have flat armrests they're pretty much like round round almost circular round but that's what we have and it's pretty comfortable so it's uh might be worth checking out 
Well, moving on into uh, the main discussion this week, uh, I actually have a couple of video games to to talk about, and uh, oh, cool. I don't have a lot to say. Uh, one was was mediocre, we'll say, and the other one I only just started, but it feels promising. So, uh, I played Injustice Two, which is an old game. It's not brand new. It was two thousand seventeen. Not as old as your car, but like still by video game <laughs> standards, it, it's a it's a few years old. Uh, yeah. and, uh, it is basically like a Mortal Kombat clone, but it involves all of the DC superheroes. So you've got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and it's the second, uh, installment. Uh, I play them because it's usually an interesting take on the characters. Mm. There's a very loose story that sometimes is good. Sometimes is not good. This had good moments, but the over, the overarching drive which was superman's a bad guy is not my favorite kind of exploration within dc uh in injustice one just to kind of give everybody context joker somehow is able to get inside superman's head he either has a mind controlled or something and Mm -hmm. he twists superman and makes him kill lois lane uh superman snaps kills the joker and then starts what they refer to in Injustice and Injustice 2 as the regime and uh, is basically like a super, you know, dictator. And, you know, if you're a criminal, then there's a trial, but you could be still put to death depending on what you've done. Uh, or if you're already a convicted murderer, he was just, you know, sick and tired of Arkham people just escaping and killing more people. So he's just like, you're done. And he just fries them. So not yeah. my favorite Superman. Um, however, uh George Newbern voices Superman. Uh, Kevin Conroy voices Batman. Uh, it's not Mark Hamill as the Joker, uh, but it's still a pretty decent Joker. Uh, Joker's in flashbacks in this. Uh, and and the rest of the cast is all pretty good. Um, Alan Tudyk from Firefly and a bunch of other mm, stuff nice. plays Green Arrow. Uh, I don't know the whole list of IMDb people, but it's a lot. Like it's a, it's a fair amount and... The dialogue is not great in terms of the writing, but the voice acting is is spectacular. Harley Quinn is amazing. Uh, like all that kind of, all the things that you would expect from the DC kind of canon. Um, Vanessa Marshall's Black Canary. Phil Lamar does Aquaman. So there's a lot of voice acting talent that's that's in the game. Uh, and that nice. that makes it worth it. And, and And for a fighting game, it's actually pretty good. They do a really good job balancing the fact that you're using superman who in theory should be able to kick everybody's butt yeah but he they they, the story as it serves he's been under a red sun lamp right for years or for at least uh, you know for however long he's been incarcerated because in injustice one you win and batman throws superman in jail and so he's been weakened for years so like he has to get back up to full charge and that's why he can still fly around but he's not like destroying everybody so and super and and when he fights batman batman puts on a you know kryptonite suit and stuff so like it kind of evens the odds a bit um and uh it has some good story beats some fun moments uh black canary and and uh green arrow are married in in this particular storyline as they are in several storylines in in the green arrow universe and um their banter back and forth is really cool. You know, like uh, they're fighting these bad guys and you're jumping in as either Black Canary or uh, Green Arrow and you have to fight Grodd or you have to fight Bane. And it's kind of cool. They give you a choice like, okay, so Black Canary and and Green Arrow just ran into Bane and it's like, which one of them is going to fight him? And so you say like, I'm going to fight 
you choose who you're going to fight with. And then the, they, they'll turn to one another and say, I've got this clown. You go take care of, you know, whoever just ran away or something. And so it kind of gives a nice little kind of choose your own adventure thing. But at That's one cool. point I chose black canary and she's like, I'm going to teach this overgrown monkey who's boss. Right. But she's talking about Bane, not Grodd. That's the kind of the joke. And, <laughs> and green arrows is something along like, yeah, I should go call the sitter anyway. So like their kid is home. They had to call a babysitter to go crime fight. So I just stuff like That's that was, funny. it's kind of fun. It's got some, it's got some heart to it. Um, the thing that I found took me out of it was the cutscenes. Uh, the cutscenes I don't think are 60 frames a second or however they're rendered. They just were playing really, really choppy. And it's a combination of that frame rate being choppy and the abuse of shaking the camera for dramatic effect oh yeah oh you don't need to do it in a cinematic like i understand if a fighting game if i punch somebody into the ground and there's a big smash effect like sure shake the camera that's fine vibrate my controller too like that's all part of the experience but when i'm watching a cinematic and like a ship is flying overhead or i'm i'm tumbling through the streets of of central city and flash and um i can't remember his name Ichabard Thawne or Thawne or somebody is fighting one another at like super speed. Stop shaking the bloody camera so I can see what's going on. Cause I want to see this cool superhero fight. And um, that combined with the fact that I felt like it was skipping frames was infuriating. Uh, and you can see the same thing happen whenever you do what's called like a super move or the ultimate move, which is really easy to do. I thought it was going to be some complicated combination of buttons that you'd have to hit just at the right time. But really it's about, the skills that you get or the points that you get filling a meter by receiving damage, blocking damage, causing damage, like whatever combinations that you do. And the cooler the combination, the faster you fill this meter. And then when that meter is full, you can then execute whatever a super move is. And every character has got a different one. And it's usually something to do with their superhero characters. Like Batman, when he executes a super move, attaches a weather balloon to your ankle lets it go you fly up into the air and he just kind of touches his wrist and says now and the the bat wing comes and grabs the cable that your ankle is attached to flies up to the moon stops for a minute as you imagine it does and then (laughs) drops back down and then you're you're falling free falling back down to earth and all the while the bat wing is basically like blasting you with machine guns the whole way down and so, Jeez. yeah, like it's pretty, it's pretty intense. And they all do the same sort of thing. Like Superman punches you into the sky and like sends you miles and just flies and punches you. It's actually, despite the fact that I don't like Superman as a character in the game, his super move is, it's basically from the trailer of Man of Steel. Like it's basically when he's punching Zod through Metropolis, like it's, it's really well done. So there's nice. moments like that, that kind of allow you to forgive some of the shortcomings. Um, it's also a good game. It's also, it's an accessible game. You can easy to pick up hard to master you know like there's a lot of stuff that right. i tried to do that i couldn't figure out in terms of the moves but then there was other ones that were just like you know tap towards in a way and hit the button like it's really not that complicated oh yeah and then you would execute something ridiculously cool like the flash's move for that particular combo i believe was that he would speed away in the opposite direction of the opponent and then come in from the other side of the screen as if he just <laughs> ran around 10 city blocks and then punches the person from behind, right? And then nice. zips back <laughs> to the other side again. So like it it allows you to feel like you're being super, but because it's a balanced fighting game, you're all still doing the same amount of damage when you're punching with like certain buttons. Like a jab is still a low punch 
a, a big punch or a big kick does X amount of damage. And then the more powerful move does more damage. And each character is the, the buttons do, do all do the same sort of thing, but how it's executed on screen is really interesting because Superman will pick you up and throw you down, which feels powerful, but it's still not doing any more damage than say green arrow roundhouse kicking you in the head. It's all because right. it's all balanced fighting. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was part of, uh, or is part of currently uh, Xbox Game Pass. So the monthly subscription that, that I pay for because I picked up um, the sub on, on Amazon gift cards around Christmas time. I just thought, you know what? I'll just keep that going. I'm having some fun with these things. And, and so it was it was good. I, I would If you've got nice. access to it, I, w- I would pick it up. I wouldn't pay a lot of money for it if you have to purchase it. But um, it's usually, it's the kind of game you'll see on sale for like 10 or 20 bucks. Well, probably 20 on things like steam sales and, and things like that. Do you, I know yes. that you guys play a lot of Mario Kart. Do you do any like fighting games? Like what's the su- super smash, smash brothers? brothers? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't played it recently or I haven't played it with the boys recently. They, um, they've got switches. Now. We used to play it on the Wii U, but now they've got switches. So they do play with their friends online some, but I actually haven't I actually haven't played with them in a while. It's funny because I used to play with them and being somebody who used to play Nintendo games when I was younger, you know, I would have to let them win or just kind of slow things down for a bit. And then I get to the point where like, okay, yeah, we're all playing pretty evenly here. This is a good challenge. And now I like usually get in the fighting games anyways, sort of get my, my backside handed to me. I can still hold my own in Mario Kart. The whole family's gotten to the point now where we're basically occupying the top four spots in all races. And, and a lot of them are pretty close. Um, and my my wife's gotten quite good at it as well. And I'm only saying that because the boys and I played a lot. And my wife used to play every once in a while for fun, you know, as a family thing to do. But then one of my sons basically figured out a way to, to say, okay, no, this, this is how you skid. And then it's like, it just clicked. My wife's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so she's like right behind us as well. But sorry, I realize I'm taking it away from the, the fighting game. But yeah, I know it's Smash Bros. I haven't played it in a while because... They like the new shiny version that I don't have access to. <laughs> it's been a long time. I really wanted to get into a Street Fighter um, because I was talking with Alistair about his Street Fighter arcade one-up machine that he has. And oh, right. I was, and I was like, man, I would love to play some Street Fighter. And I do have access. I could buy like a bundle of old Street Fighter, like the Street Fighter that you and I would have played growing up on like the Super mm. Nintendo, right? And I thought like, wow, I just, if I'm going to buy it, I'd rather buy a new one. Like I'd rather buy Street Fighter V, whatever the most recent one is, but it's not available on Xbox. It's only on PlayStation, PlayStation and PC, I think. So that's, yeah, that's unfortunate because that's the game that I would have really liked to have tried. Um, But like I said, Injustice 2 is is a decent accessible one. And for anybody that doesn't like fighting games, but it's curious about it, Injustice 1 and Injustice 2, you can watch YouTube playthroughs where people just kind of like, show like 10 to 15 seconds of the actual fight but then they'll play the cutscene, so you can still watch the story unfold mm-hmm. without having to actually play the game because there was a couple of characters like brainiac took me forever to beat um i found bane was pretty good grod was pretty good there was a couple of characters that i had a really hard time they smoked me the first time uh oh aquaman aquaman was tough he's got a lot of range with the trident like it's re- it was really hard to get up close to him uh, mm. and black Adam was also really tough because their super moves are like, you know, lightning from above. Like you can't even see it coming. So yeah. that, that kind of stuff was kind of hard to avoid. Um, but yeah, like it is, it, if you want to check it out, then you can just watch, watch the, uh, a playthrough on, on YouTube, just double check to make sure that they're, 
not showing you the entire match where it's them fighting. Often what you'll see is like the beginning because the beginning, the remarks back and forth are kind of funny, like Batman versus whoever. There's going to be some like verbal jabs that come through like, hi, Kitty, nice <laughs> to see you or something like that. When If it's like um, Harley Quinn and, 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 and Catwoman, Harley Quinn says something snide about cats or kitty litter or something, you know? Uh, <laughs> and then at the end, if you like when the character wins, they also give like an insult, like, you know, back to the kennel with you or like stuff like that. So uh, that's fun to, to check out. Um, the other game that I've uh, just started playing is something I've been meaning to pick up forever. And I don't know why I just haven't started it. And, and I, I just really kind of forced myself to get into it because it does take a little bit of setup. It's an RPG. It's called Outer World. It's been out for a, a couple of years. And the way that I, I can set it up, I'll just kind of like read right, right from their website. Uh, Lost in transit while on a colonist ship bound for the furthest edge of the galaxy, you awake decades later than you expected, only to find yourself in the midst of a deep conspiracy threatening to destroy the Halcyon colony, which is the colony where you're, you're going. As you explore the furthest reaches of space and encounter a host of factions all vying for power, who you decide to become will determine the fate of everyone in Halcyon. Uh, in mm. the corporate equation for the colony, you are the unplanned variable. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun so far. Uh, it has the sense of humor of borderlands uh it's not as vulgar or as chaotic but it's really tongue-in-cheek like there's all these corporations they are essentially countries they're ruling bodies in outer space and whoever whenever you run into someone they are employed by one of these companies and they talk like it's a cult um mm -hmm. and the whole thing is like a space western so i think like firefly meets like cyberpunk giant corporation takeover type stuff uh lots of really cool senses of humor the dialogue is really fun and one of the reasons why it took a while to get into the game is because you have to kind of go through the setup screen of picking like character traits and and character oh, yeah. stuff and some of that in, is is like intelligence and intelligence will like influence how good you are with a sniper rifle but also how good you are at influencing people and as you talk to different characters uh, within the world again i've only talked to like maybe three maybe four um, you have different dialogue options so similar to a game like mass effect where you you can say to someone um that like the end result is that you have to go and kill some marauders but you can say you're a weakling like you're really not doing your job <laughs> i'm gonna go do it for you or you can say hmm you, is there any coin if you want some help like you can offer to help or you can basically make fun of them. So you can be mean, you can be neutral, or you can kind of influence them to get what you want. And depending on where you put all your points, you might be able to influence certain people or not be able to influence certain people um, from what I can understand. And so there was quite a lot of setup, a uh, lot of kind of like character design stuff, you know, your hair, your beard and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I like having fun with that kind of thing. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you don't ever really see your character. You're your first person shooter. Um, so it's like a story shooter would be my best way to describe it. So I'm not expecting anything fantastic from the gameplay. It's more about just kind of like getting from one point to another. Um, there is a really cool mechanic and I don't remember the name of it. It's called like TTS for an abbreviation, but essentially you were in hypersleep for 70 years. And as a result, you're sick. And this doctor is trying to save you and trying to help you. And as a, as, because he's trying to save you, he 
makes you think that you're indebted to him and then he's trying to help he's trying to get you to do his political agenda and so uh, all in the disguise of like you're he's trying to heal you which i mean you've got nothing else to do so you might as well listen to him um but what it does this tts is it's a syndrome where uh it has to do with time and so you perceive time differently so you can actually hit a button and slow down time which gives you more time to aim and like maybe shoot the kneecap of a character that's a weak point if they're if they've you know if that's the kind of animal that has a you know a weak point or something like that and so you can experiment with different bad guys to find out where they take the most damage by hitting this slow-mo button and then later on you can decide to use it again or if you're fast enough you can just say well i know i have to shoot these guys in the knees in order to get by them and so that i thought was kind of neat uh, but i think it's, it's mostly cool. gonna yeah i think it's mostly gonna be about about story for me it's gonna be one of those games that i want to play at night when i'm a bit tired and there's nothing mm. to watch on tv but i want to get like 15 or, or 20 minutes through another part of the story because there is a lot of reading like there's a lot of like okay that was a fun little gunfight but now i'm like spending 10 minutes talking to people getting to know locals in the bar and it's the kind of thing where like if you take your time with these kind of games there's always fun little easter eggs or catchphrases that are really funny or quirky characters like i met the graveyard keeper and he's a hoot like he's he's really he's really kind of out there in terms of like you know burying the bodies and thinking that people are cannibals and like he's really out to lunch um so it's pretty cool uh and if you want to see uh the gameplay trailer i'll have a link in the show notes but what reminded me to go and look up outer worlds uh was the outer worlds 2 announcement trailer from e3 2021 just this year and it is a really Hmm. really good trailer it will definitely get you interested in the sense of humor of the game i won't spoil anything but just go watch the trailer it's like a minute and a half long and and it's the announcer pay attention to what the announcer is saying and you will understand immediately the kind of like overly dramatic (laughs) 1940s corporate kind of like vibe of this game uh and so i don't know what corporation i'm going to start working for i haven't like met everyone from all of them yet but it it looks like it's going to be a fun ride um my only complaint so far is that uh i had to and this might be me just being old i had to dial down (laughs) the sensitivity on the joystick to like 25 percent, and the aim sensitivity i had to take all the way down to zero I, it just, it wasn't at all tuned to, to work very well. Um, it could be just the fact that it's a port to the Xbox and it was designed to work on a PC where people have like a mouse where it's a lot more precise. Um, and that was the other thing I was disappointed to uh, to learn as I played for a little bit and I thought, oh cool, this is on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which means that it's available for me on PC as well because I have access to both platforms, but there's no cross saves. Oh, what a drag. So I'd have to start all over again, right? So if I get really into it and it's something that I want to share, I might decide to stream it, um, but I'm not sure. Uh, it's it's something that uh, I'll have to just kind of decide because really what I should do is maybe stream the rest of Borderlands 3 because it does remind me of that game. And, and I feel like if, if Borderlands 3 or any of the Borderlands franchises are things that you've played, seen, played, and enjoyed then watching or playing uh, Outer Worlds, I think, would be something that, that you'd enjoy as well. So what's been on your small screen this past week? A couple of shows that we've watched as a family in the last little while. We've watched the Troll Hunters Rise of the Titans movie a couple of weeks ago. And um, yeah, I guess we're also super excited that season two of Ted Lasso has started. It's uh, become one of our new favorite shows. Ted Lasso is on Apple TV? Apple TV Plus, yeah. yeah. It's... um. Actually, uh, I 
was going to say it later, but if this is one of those shows that I sort of, <laughs> it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but it is, I'm enjoying it so much. I would almost suggest maybe wait until season two is done and then go get the, the one week free trial of Apple TV plus, if you're not sure you want to pay for it or anything like that. And you can just binge it. It's a, uh, I forget, it's either eight or 10 episodes a season and the show, each episode is only a half hour long. So it's actually an easily bingeable show and it is thoroughly enjoyable. Like it's, it's one of, it's possibly the most, I don't know, I'm not sure if heartwarming is the right word that I want to use. I've seen the word heartwarming used a bunch to describe the show. And, and I, I sort of see why, like the show just has so much heart. Like, I'm, I'm not sure. Do you know the, the premise of the show at all? I don't know the premise, but it's been the subject of a lot of water cooler chatter in some of the podcasts that I listen to oh, yeah. where I also pay for the bonus content. Like when they're not doing their main show, they're just kind of like all hanging out and talking about what you watched on TV last night sort of deal. And right. and I've heard of Ted Lasso and I've heard that it's a feel good show and I've heard that it's really good and everyone seems to love it. Like it's just their new favorite thing. Um, yeah. so I know it's got good quality. I just, a Apple TV plus is one of those subscriptions. I just haven't felt compelled to get just for the one show. So I'm in that boat. I'm in that I'll wait until season two is done. And then maybe I'll use that free week and, and see what, what it's all about. Um, I know that there's yeah. other shows on Apple TV plus that are also been flagged as good, but I also know that they sound like they're kind of intense as well. And I'm not sure if I'm in the mood for that, but Ted, Ted Lasso sounds like it's something that would be the opposite of, of an intense show. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I feel kind of silly saying it's so good, but we like my entire family, just two teenage boys, my wife and I, we are all jazzed when this thing comes on. So um, like, well, the, the premise is Ted Lasso is an American football coach at a non-professional level who was hired to manage a Premier League, like I say a world football team, like so a soccer team in England. So a coach of a different sport, a different professional category in a different country. So he's uh he's basically he comes over to or goes over to the UK with his deadpan coach, uh just call him Coach Beard. I don't even think I don't even know if they gave him a first name in the show. They just keep calling him Coach Beard. Yeah, I should say Ted Lasso is played by Jason Sudeikis. He, he does a great job with Ted Lasso. And then uh, Coach Beard is played by Brendan Hunt. They're both super jazzed to get started. However, the, the team owner, Rebecca Welton, played by Hannah Waddingham. Have you ever seen the TV show um, Sex Education? I know of it. I might have seen a trailer, but I've never actually watched it. Okay, yeah, it's, an, it's another good show. It's, it's, you got to sort of be in the mood for it. But she's, I was trying to figure out where I first saw her. And she plays um, the mother of the the swimmer in in that so so if anyone has is wondering where you've seen her from it's probably it's could quite possibly be that show and so um yeah rebecca hired ted because she essentially wants to ruin the soccer team like the football team and run it into the ground run it into the ground and that's because her ex-husband uh rupert Mannion, who is played by anthony anthony head so if you've seen anyone's seen buffy the vampire slayer that's good old giles from buffy he's plays the ex-husband and he is like it's so tough to see him because I love him as Giles, but he's such a jerk in this. Like he he plays the jerk so well, but so he he lost the team. He loves the team, but he lost it in the divorce. And so Rebecca just wants to ruin it purely out of spite, just because she knows he loves it and just wants to kill the team. And then of course Ted, he's hired and he has no idea that he was hired to fail. And so and he's beyond 
like beyond upbeat and positive, you know, to the detriment of his marriage, which is a unfortunate, but I can almost see it though. He almost seems like caricature level positive. Right. And if you've got somebody that positive all the time in a relationship, it's almost like, oh my goodness, don't you ever just stop. And so either way, I won't get into that too much because it's, if you're going to watch it, it's, it's, they do a really good job with it. Um, like, I guess just to like, to show how positive he is, Ted takes the word believe on a big piece of paper and tapes it above his office door and like all the soccer players see it. And everybody thinks it's like, this guy's nuts. It's completely hokey. And, and none of the soccer players are jazzed that he's here because they know he was <laughs> the level of football that he coached. And he's never even been on a soccer pitch before. So like everyone's wondering why the heck he was hired, but nobody except for Rebecca and, and uh, Rebecca's, uh, right-hand man. Oh, I forget his name. It's uh, Higgins, played by Jeremy Swift. Him brimming with positivity is sort of a point of friction for the first little bit, but then everyone realizes, oh my goodness, he's just, he's sincere in his positivity, and he sort of slowly starts to win people over. I, I guess one of the reasons why I love it is I've, I've never seen a show like so focused on characters lifting up other characters like you know there's usually scandals and there's people trying to stab each other's backs and you know there's a tiny bit of this in here like with rebecca trying to ruin the team but it's like ted lasso is that character is all about building people up trying to make them their best selves to go out there on the f on the field and be awesome soccer players and like there's so many good lines the, the first one that caught me I, I can't remember the exact line and i should have gone back to check but it's it's something like like one of the characters um He's the kit boy or the kit man. I forget what it's, his title actually is, but essentially the the staff member who gets all of the soccer players' uniforms ready and the towels ready and basically everything prepped for the players before the game starts. And his, his name's Nathan and he's played by Nick Muhammad and he, he's an excellent character, but he had an idea for a play that the team could possibly use, but he's just sort of shy and sort of stammering. And Ted just gets in there and he goes, I'm sorry there, Nate, could you speak up, please? I have a hard time hearing people who don't believe in themselves. And I just thought, Man, that was just like it, it was. <laughs> yeah, like it. It almost sounds like an over-the-top line, but it was just delivered with this, just in the moment, just like a "speak up, we want to hear what you have to say" kind of thing, and just, and it did the job. Like it, and it, you know, the guy who plays Nathan did a good job of feeling bolstered suddenly. Like I want to share my idea now, and and there are a lot of lines in that where people are just building the other person up or lifting them up. It's it's crazy. It sounds like Ted himself is like a walking Instagram quote. You know, like when you see those those colorful images of people yeah. taking pictures of quotes about your day or uh, the motivational stuff about this, that, and the other thing. Uh, I normally roll my eyes. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to slam it because if somebody gets something out of it, then I mean, all the power to you. That's great. But I, I usually find the kind of, you know, sugary, sweet, motivational stuff a little bit too much um, for me, which is weird because I'm a positive person. I'm just not a... I'm not a like words of affirmation person. Yeah. In, when it comes to like dialogue and, and movies and, and things like that. And and I'm I'm kind of the same way, but that's that's the thing. Like maybe it's just the the way that Jason Sudeikis can deliver the lines. It like they sound like those those motivational word type things, but he just delivers them and they just they, I mean he's got a southern accent. And so he right. mm -hmm. and just he's being super positive, southern accent. So he comes he comes across as a little bit simple at first and i know i use the word hokey at first but it kind of seems like that caricature version but like he's just he's delivering those lines and like you know some of them are funny but they just 
he makes you feel like he means it. And so, and it, he doesn't do it like slowly or anything like that to say, now let's take this moment for positive affirmation. He just like, he throws the line out there and it's like, oh, that's another good one. Oh, damn it. Just these lines keep coming. In the same way that a, a, like a more uh, risky comedy would be throwing in like one liners where you're just like, did they just really say that? And it's it sounds yeah. like it's the same sort of idea, but with this like motivational positive spin on it. And I think one of the reasons, and this is, again, I don't, I haven't watched the show, but I have heard people talk about it. It sounds like Ted Lasso is just self-aware enough as a show that it like it knows that Ted is over the top. And because it knows that, then you end up accepting it. If it was pretending to be a serious drama and Ted Lasso was in it, he wouldn't work as a character. He'd be be so unrealistic, right? You'd hate every second he was on the screen because it would Mm -hmm. be in such contrast to every other character. But no, it's it's so good. I mean, the, the team of the team of players at first, you know, they're they're kind of your usual what you'd expect from footballers. They they curse like I was going to say curse like sailors, but they they curse like British footballers. And, uh, you know, the team is led by Captain Roy Kent, played by Brett Goldstein. who's he's angry all the time, has no time for any kind of nonsense. And he like he, he swears nonstop. He, he's a uh, he's an excellent character because he sort of used to be the top of his game and the top of every team he played on. But he's getting older, so he's not quite his touch isn't quite there the way it used to be. And he's often pitted against the other alpha male, Jamie Tart, who uh, played by Phil Dunster, who's he's the team top scorer, but he's, he's an all around bully and he's getting away with it because he's so good and the team actually needs him, but it gets, you know, so there's, there's clashes that happen between the players. I mean, I don't want to get into the entire cast of the team, but I guess one of the main reasons why I mentioned Jamie is because his girlfriend, Keely, uh, played by Juno Temple, She's actually like, she's a gem on that show. She comes across as like a bit ditzy and superficial at first, but man, she is just, (laughs) she again, so positive. She's just in there lifting up other people and not in any kind of cheesy way. She's just, her character comes across as super sincere. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm all there for Keely. She's an awesome character. It's really cool when you can find something that's that positive that doesn't make you want to stick your finger down your throat. You know, like yeah. I feel like it's a, it's a delicate line to walk and you don't it get is. it a lot. You know, a lot of times I get that stuff from like animated films, you know, Pixar, Disney, like that kind of stuff where you kind of know you're going to get kind of like a balance, but overall it's going to be a feel good experience uh, yeah. where I find that it's such a hit or miss these days with Netflix original content with Amazon prime. Like there's, Every time I turn around, it's always like the boys or like zombie apocalypse this or vampire (laughs) on a plane that I'm just like, okay, can we just, (laughs) can we dial it back a little bit? Like just say, this is a great action movie. How's what's going on? The the world is ending from an alien invasion again. Okay. Okay. (laughs) When are we going to learn? It's like, it's, it's one of those things where it's a tougher, it's a tougher sell and it's a harder thing to write because I think that it means that you have to ask more of your audience you have to ask them to be open to more yeah where uh i think a lot of us could agree given the internet these days that uh being angry is easy you know and and then being positive or finding hope in situations is is not easy and any show that can do that earnestly has some serious writing at the helm yeah that's a good word earnest it's funny to be honest i almost didn't want to watch it because the articles and things i read about it it's like oh my goodness you need to go watch ted lasso oh it's right. so positive it's so 
and it almost felt like like i mean i'm, I'm thinking back to when the matrix came out it was almost like everyone's like you got to see this you got to see this you don't want to miss this you got to see it and it was almost to the point where just just you're all annoying me so much i don't want to see it but i made myself go see it and I, am i ever glad i did likewise with this show i almost didn't want to because it was just so almost felt like someone was just hitting you over the mallet watch it watch it watch it that i didn't want to and then i just thought we'd give it a go we watched the second episode right afterwards it was so good it's nice when something that's that's that good is also that accessible like it, i mm-hmm. i find a lot of times too with the original content on streaming services you often have to get through a number of episodes before it gets good uh, i remember when you and i were talking about i think it was like the second season of troll hunters it took like three or four episodes to even get going and yeah. and that was frustrating because like you, you really it should have just kind of gone off with a bang but it, they they try to string it out sometimes so that's cool that that you get sucked right into to ted lasso uh, speaking of Troll Hunters, yes. I have actually started watching uh, and don't know if I'm going to finish the Troll Hunters Rise of the Titans. Is that the title? I think that's the title. Yes. Uh, because I couldn't get more than 15 minutes at a time before I was just like bored and walking away. <laughs> like, and I have like, I mean, I work from home. I have all the time in the world. I, you know, I'm on lunch break. I can take a 15 minute lunch break. I can take an hour and 15 minute l- lunch break. If I'm watching something I like, I will tend to finish it. Uh, and so I was watching the, the, the film and really just kind of felt like it was just a to-do list and didn't really, I found all the jokes were forced and repetitive Mm. and it felt like the film hadn't learned anything from the number of seasons of the other shows where, especially with troll hunters, which I think is probably still my favorite of the series in terms of my experience with it. But after... I wouldn't say either a half a season or maybe the full season. Troll Hunters found a groove, especially with the secondary characters like Toby and uh, and other and other characters like Steve um, Palchuk and Palchuk uh, Eli. And Eli. Eli. Yeah, Pepperjack. Yeah, Pepperjack. And and so like and you get to know these kind of like lo- lovable sidebar characters. And I remember specifically, I think there's an episode in season two where like they tell the same story in two different episodes from two different mm-hmm. perspectives. And it was just really clever, really fun, but it had some really good original character jokes and stuff like that. And I just found that they were just beating a dead cat um, in, in this, in this film, every conversation that they had was the exact same conversation over and over again. And everybody's in the same room. So it made no sense. It's like, Blinky and Arg and somebody are talking about Jim about they can't do this and they can't do that and they have to do this and they have to do that. And then they cut to another two characters that are six feet away and they have the exact same conversation and in different ways. And I just like, this is all just like, okay, I know this is the viewer, but like, why are we going over this over and over and over again? Like, Mm -hmm. I get it. Y'all have to team up to save the day. Like, can we just get on with it? Um, And on one point you think like, hurry up. And then the other point you think, gee, slow down. Like, everything you that's coming out is just like a, and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened yeah. and like you think there's this giant moment i guess small spoiler where there's a, a body swap like so um, magically one of the characters switches with one of the other characters to try to save them from being kidnapped and you think like wow okay that might complicate things for the rest of this film like this could be a huge plot point nope it they flip it back for 10 minutes later like it's just it's barely it's barely even worth writing in because they undo it as fast as they do it nothing seems to have permanence now again i'm not even through act one i just lost patience with it so as someone that's seen it through and is a fan of the whole franchise like what what did you think about it 
we enjoyed it as a family movie. It was good. It's you're right though. It was, it's one of the big complaints about it is it just, it feels rushed and your description of it being like a checklist is pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, I haven't seen it written anywhere online or anywhere else, but it feels like all the shows got canceled, but we need to wrap up the story. There's a two hour or not even two hour, but a movie to wrap up all three shows. It feels like this could have easily been a one more season in terms of storytelling. Like everything they wanted to get out in this feels like it could have been like, even if it was a six episode show that would have had much better pacing. Right. I'm happy to have seen it partially because we've seen all three shows all the way through. So it's nice to have these characters you get to know over the three shows have a send off as opposed to other shows that Netflix just kind of goes, mm, we're done. And then that's it. So like, at least this one's been wrapped up. Was it the nicest bow put on it? No, but it was still, it was still good. I mean, it's one of those, like, I guess for anyone who's not seen the other shows before this, you would have, you, you do have to watch them before watching this movie because it, it is almost like, again, that little bow put on all three of the other shows, Troll Hunters, Three Below and Wizards. This is the main characters from those three shows finishing off their storylines yeah there's there's no moment in the beginning of the the movie where they stop to explain who anyone is none no they called jim the troll hunter enough times for you to realize that he's the troll hunter or at least he used to be but other than that and maybe one of the characters saying another character's name like toby or you know there is the point in the first small you know opening sequence where they get arrested and, and the, the officers are reading off the names, you know, Claire and Nunez and whatever. Yeah. So you do get the names kind of said to you because otherwise someone watching it is just like, they've not even said the characters names. Like I don't know who any of these people are. So they use that as a sequence to kind of like say the characters names out loud in the show and let you know who they are. But like Claire walks around in purple armor with a staff that opens up portals. And if this is the first time you've ever seen this, you're going to be like, I have so many questions. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you really need to see, you really need to see the other shows for this to make any kind of sense. Especially if you're looking at, um, I don't remember his name. He's the prince from, from three below. What's his name? Krell. If this is the first time that you're watching and you're looking at Krell, then you have even more questions as to what's going yeah. on. I, I guess the, the basic synopsis or summary of this show is that, in the Wizards TV show, we're introduced to three members of what's called the Arcane Order, which are like three original, not the the original beings, but they each control a different element and they are like of the oldest magics kind of thing. And so they're essentially a like Skrail, Belrock, and Nari. They're, they're able to call up Titans to wreak havoc and to, you know, throw the world into danger. So yeah, the entire world is in danger again and they all have to work together to to stop the bad guys but it's um it felt like the the arcane order were sort of i don't know i feel like they should have had they could have had more of their backstory told i feel like that would have been one of the things i would have liked to seen explored were we given like six episodes to finish this off or anything i read one complaint online that sort of you know just touched on it for me i couldn't figure the exact words i wanted to use but that was Basically that you're not really given any time to feel anything during events that are significant and are supposed to have some sort of emotional impact just because it's just because there are so many things are trying to fit in. It's just like one thing after another and it just keeps pushing forward. One thing I thought was interesting, the show didn't really doesn't really shy away from killing some previously 
semi-significant characters. Like, I'm not going to get into to who if anyone wants to watch it, but there's a few of them that we were surprised at. And the fact that there were a few or more than a few surprised us as well. I guess going back to the checklist thing, I meant, I forgot about this, but like even at one point through the entire Troll Hunter series, Jim, the main character, and his mom, it's just the two of them. And there's no mention of his dad. Like, it's just, he was never in the picture. So he was never mentioned and it was never, it was the two of them together and they were never lamenting over the backstory there. So it was just all about the two of them doing their thing and moving forward. But they even mention it at one point. So his mom rings up his dad and he mentions something along the lines of, oh, we never talked about him. And it was almost like, yeah, I know, but maybe we should. And then something else happened. So it just leaves it. So I'm like, why throw that in there? Why not give this multiple, you know, as I've said, multiple episodes where you could explore this stuff as opposed to being these little tiny things you drop in there that you can't actually build on. It was it was enjoyable, but it had moments of frustrations in it. With any of the characters that don't make it, do you feel like it was a disservice to the fans? Like, were there anything, was it was it a, a, a heroic end or, or was it, because I find something that I, I don't like about things that are wrapped up haphazardly or approached without the understanding of the previous content. Um, mm. When they do write out a character, oftentimes it's unnecessary and they just do it because they want to add some sort of emotional weight into a, sh into a script that otherwise is lacking it. And it just seems like a lazy way to do it. And, and people call it, you know, people call creators on it all the time. Like when it happens, it's just like, no, this was the one good thing you had going in the show. And you're, you're just grasping at straws. It's not like you have a reason to make the audience feel, you just want to try to check the box. And, mm. and it's, it's really, it's a really hard thing I find as a fan. And, um, especially when you've been a fan for a while, like this is what there's three seasons of troll hunters, two seasons of three below and two seasons or one seasons of wizards. Uh, one or two wizards. I can't yeah. remember. Offhand. It's enough. It's a good, it's a good five seasons of content. So if you've been watching it and not like binging it all in just one week, like you've got a, a number of hours that you've kind of paced yourself into this world. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's fun for the most part. I, I know that, I've definitely had some complaints about the various series on this show. And I certainly like the later series less than I like the earlier series uh, mm -hmm. or seasons of anything, but, um, but they're not terrible. Like, it's not like it was crap or anything like that. I, I, mean, I still watch them. I still enjoy them. I do remember skipping a couple of episodes or fast forwarding through stuff, which I still, it's very odd. I still have a hard time remembering with streaming content that if you realize, oh, this is a filler episode, you can just start <laughs> skipping ahead by three and five minutes and just see if they're past that storyline that makes no difference, no consequence whatsoever. Like, you know, insert, it's the episode about the pet or the robot or the side <laughs> character. And you can just skip it or skip ahead or go read the synopsis online and go like, okay, I know what I need to know. Uh, oh, mm. in the last few minutes, they have a confrontation with the big bad guy. Cool. I'll fast forward and I'll watch that. And then I'll just be on to the next episode where there really is some stakes. And like, I find that I forget with streaming content that I don't have to sit there for 20 minutes and wait for them right. to wrap stuff up. Uh, I've been doing it more with YouTube content lately. I find that some of the stuff I've been watching on YouTube is not always my cup of tea, yet I still want to know what's going on. And so I'll just watch the beginning and, and the mid slash end of, of, a, of an episode of something. And then the part in the middle that just does not interest me, I'll just be like, nope, no, I'm just going to skip this. And they're short enough videos and they have enough visual 
tone change that you can say, okay, they're no longer doing that segment. I can just watch something else now. Right. Uh, you forget that like, I mean, YouTube, I'm not even paying for, but but with the, the content that I'm paying for, it's like, why am I sitting through this if I'm not enjoying it? And I know that there's other things on the other side of it that I, I can get to. And sometimes it's, my time is more valuable than this. <laughs> Skip. Yeah, it just it doesn't sound like I'm going to get back to finish the the Titans. Um, it looked yeah. pretty good. I thought the animation was pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, the voice, the, the lip sync and stuff was always off. But I find that any CG television show, the lip sync is just never going to be as good as a film. Uh, and that's just time constraints. And I wonder, actually, I know that Netflix office obviously have, has a bad habit of just canceling stuff when it doesn't perform to the peak of their expectations in terms of not reviews but like subscription increases right i wonder though because of covid if the production of what would have been a full season like a another season of wizards ended up being just a 90 minute film because they Mm. just like we just don't have the capacity and or time or resources or you know whatever to do this in in a timely manner um i definitely feel like last week talking about revelations i feel like it was rushed and i don't know why because you have a captive audience in a lot of the world literally <laughs> like there's no yeah. <laughs> reason to to push it out the door fast but anyway on to the internet minute which is of course brought to you by you the citadel cafe is 100 listener supported if you're getting value out of the show please consider putting a little bit of value back in you can become a member at patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe. Joining at any level will get you an invite to the member-only Discord server, which is shared with my Twitch channel as well as my personal Patreon. So there's lots of folks in there. And there are multiple levels to choose from with rewards like Discord roles and bonus episodes of audio, which is going to tie into my pick, actually. Patron count is at 24, steady on from last week. Our goal is to reach one more patron than we had the month before. It's a brand new month. And if you'd like to be patron number 25, visit patreon.com slash the Citadel Cafe and join today. My pick is about Alistair McFly, who you heard on the show a couple of weeks ago. Currently, (laughs) right now, as we're recording this, Alistair is doing his first Let's Chat live stream on Twitch. And it is a one-up let's chat live stream where he is playing and talking about uh his home arcade setup uh, among other things i'm sure the conversation is going all over the place but he's playing in the arcade and and streaming from the arcade and having a let's chat with his community on twitch so uh it will be over by the time that you get this podcast but i'll have a link to the vod that you can go and watch on twitch after the fact you can go and follow alistair uh see what up he's up to on on twitch when he does stream and uh, I'm sure it'll be a good time. And I'm really curious because uh, if you're a patron already, you've heard the extra bonus audio that we had talking about uh, his arcade at home. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that's probably something of interest to you as well. What is your pick this week, sir? My pick this week is actually a Lego flower bouquet. Um, this is something that my wife actually showed me uh, earlier um, just because she follows a lot of artists on YouTube. And one of them, this artist had been looking for this Lego set forever but it just seems to be sold out everywhere. So she finally got it. And this basically did a, a YouTube video, including putting this entire flower bouquet together. And it's actually, it's for anyone who's played with Lego as a kid, you can look at all of these pieces and say, yeah, I can see where that would have been used in this or that. Like it has dragon wings for the leaves. It has jet wings for some of the larger petals. And it's got some little discs that would have been used in some like little um, droid type characters in the the Star Wars movies, like the 
not the original trilogy, but the first episodes one, two, and three, there was the these droids that would roll out and then just sort of set themselves up and shoot. You can see some pieces from those. And so it's it's amazing that they were able to like ingeniously reuse pieces from other sets to create this you know at, at a super quick glance it looks like a flower bouquet and then when you you know you do the double take and you go holy smokes that's that's a pile of lego there so it was pretty impressed i thought it was pretty cool i have seen these around online and i just i agree with you in terms of the the ingenuity that lego designers have for these new creator sets uh, there's a bonsai tree as well there's a flower bouquet there's a couple of other ones as well and they're really unique looking uh the the birds is another one like little hummingbirds and, and stuff like that uh, i think are really really fun fun takes on lego and uh it's it's nice to see uh companies that have been around as long as lego take what is i would consider a risk you know, in terms of a design, yeah. like it's not another vehicle. It's not another house, you know, like they're really doing something different. And, uh, I know that a lot of th this kind of stuff can, I don't know if this particular set did, but sometimes they start as like Lego ideas sets. Uh, and then they end up moving on into main, um, main Lego builds and what th the building community can do with Lego blows my mind. Like it is the, the vast knowledge that you have to have of existing pieces and be able to get your hands on them you yeah. know, to create your own, you know, designs and stuff. It's, it's a real, real creative flex to me. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I'm like I can draw and I can sculpt and I can 3d model and I can do all that kind of stuff. But then like to, to do this kind of stuff with Lego and know, like I want to build a flower, what pieces would represent flower petals and just know what kind of library of pieces you have to go to. It, it takes like an expert knowledge. Like you really have to yeah. be steeped in Lego culture and knowledge to, to get this far. And it's a beautiful set. Really cool. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Citadel Cafe. You can get more information about the show and links to some of the things that Stephen and I talked about at thecitadelcafe.com. Music for the show was composed by Kevin McLeod. And you can email us at thecitadelcafe at gmail.com or find the show by name on Twitter. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify, and YouTube. And we're also on Reason FM right now, giving that a test. So if that's where you like to hang your podcast hat, we're just about everywhere. Word of mouth is the easiest way to support the show. Just tell a friend about the Sigil Cafe and where they can go to listen to it. My name is Joel Duggan. You can find everything I'm doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio at joelduggan.com. You can check out my other podcasts all about Minecraft at thespawnchunks.com. And I'm going to take a moment here to say how proud I am of episode 152, which is the most recent episode of the Spawn Chunks, where uh, Johnny and I interviewed Henrik Nieberg from Mojang. He is a game design developer on Minecraft and is working very hard on the new terrain generation that's coming to Minecraft later this year. And he was a fantastic guest. He's super knowledgeable. He's a, uh, an important part of the team and was speaking to the team effort behind the big changes, uh, community feedback and how uh, Mojang works with the community and, and how fun surprises come out of uh, community feedback. But he also got very technical about how they're achieving what they're achieving uh, in Minecraft right now from a design perspective. It's a really, really good interview. If you don't mind me tooting my own horn, uh, but yeah, check it out at thespawnchunks.com. And of course, today I will point you towards twitch.tv slash Joel Duggan, where I'm streaming from the Citadel and uh, wrapping up the zombie geode farm, hopefully in the next stream and then moving on to something else. I don't know what, it's going to be a surprise. 
Stephen, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitch as well at twitch.tv slash stephenesc. And again, that's Stephen with a PH. You've been listening to the Citadel Cafe where we are fast, easy, and cheap, but you can only pick two. Just then? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> that was a motorbike and a dickhead going up the street. <laughs> you should keep that in. <laughs> uh.